everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, and that is no con job. No f- flim flam? No uh, spider monkey. I don't... Do they use that word in here? I don't believe so. Uh, no, I'm just... Nope. I, I, I was trying to remember something else. Thanks for calling me out. You're welcome. Appreciate that. You're welcome. It's, it, I mean, it's one of my jobs. It's in my... When I got my promotion, that's what they said. I needed to up my... Okay. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by support on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Um, lots of great stuff on there. Encourage everyone to check it out. We thank everyone who supports us on there. This week's episode is The Great Money Caper, episode C-A-B-F-03, originally aired December 10th, 2000, written by Carolyn Omine, directed by Michael Polchino. The C. Nielsen rating of 16.3, uh, about 24.6 million viewers. Uh, among adults aged 18 to 49, the rating was a 10. I believe that. Sure. Uh, the chalkboard gag, the nurse is not dealing. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what the? Oh, I don't know. We, we upset, Matt. It's okay. It's just, you know, just the nurse is not a drug dealer. I mean, technically she is, but she's not dealing with legal drugs. At least we hope not. I I would wager not in elementary school. At least it would be probably not high school, college, yeah, story time. Uh, the couch gag, the the Simpsons swim to the couch in deep sea diving gear, and the, the camera zooms out to reveal them in a fish bowl. It's fine, you know. It's not. It's not bad. It's, it's really creative, you know. Yeah. Uh, the episode guest stars Ed Norton as Devon Bradley. Which actor, dancer, singer, triple threat. He, yeah, I did not even notice it was Ed Norton, and you're, and he doesn't have a lot to do in this yeah. episode, which is sure. Um, he's fine. Robbie, Robbie Krieger, who is a guitarist for the Doors, also was recorded for this episode, but his scene was cut. I was wondering. I was like, I, I don't remember a guitarist at all in this episode. No, he it, apparently he was promised. Uh, an appearance in the show because they used a Doors song at some point in oh in Hello Gutter Hello Fodder yeah they used the end oh that's right and I guess because he allowed it they were gonna give him a spot but they cut the scene anyway oh I I don't know um I again I don't know where he would be but I mean this episode is a mess anyway so I can't it wouldn't make it worse I don't you throw in a Doors guitarist somewhere, theoretically. <laughs> That's true. Like, where, where exactly would you fit him in as part of the magic show? Probably, or like just have him show up, or they could be. He could be. A, they could scam him. You know, he could be one of the people who gets a, a victim of a con. You know, well, you could put Maybe, him in yeah. one of those places. I mean, uh, we'll we'll get to it. the episode starts with the family going to the Magic Palace, which is like a magic. Um, dinner theater type place it seems um which is fun looks like a fun place to be yeah they have mentalist waiter waiters that bring homer a beer and marge a long island iced tea uh marge drinks it at first just to i guess please the mentalist uh well she doesn't want to offend the waiter uh, slash mentalist slash mentalist yeah uh then she ends up drinking multiple long island iced teas and marge it turns out they're delicious they are there's a Long Island iced teas have a lot of alcohol on them, and they don't taste like they do, so they're very dangerous. Um, so Marge drinks many of them, and she gets quite drunk. 
uh, the 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 stage show is going on as as we as we see this. Um, but then they call for volunteers, and Marge goes up on stage. Now, for my next illusion, I'll need a volunteer. I'll do it. I always end up doing it. I'm Diablo. What's your name? Marge. Okay, Marge. And who's that gentleman you're with? That's no gentleman. That's my husband. <laughs> wow. Mom got a laugh. I wish she drank every day. <laughs> Do we love Marge or what? I didn't say that for clapping. Now, Marge, I have a problem. Oh, yeah? You see, the Emperor of China is coming over, and I don't have enough colorful silks. Mm. So what I need of you is... You talk too much. Abracablabra. Am I right? <laughs> see, the ladies know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tell you what, let's get this ball gag on you. There we go. And we'll skip right ahead to the Kilo Team. Oh, oh baby. Don't worry, Marge. You won't feel a thing. You'll feel four things. <laughs> He's very good. <laughs> so she was made of chimps. Man, magic can do anything. What happened to Mom? I'm right here. <laughs> Folks, this is not part of the act. Please help her. Get him off me! Get him off! Get him off! There are monkeys, Matt. I know. Not That's one not of the many problems with this episode. <laughs> not spider monkeys, but there are monkeys in the episode. That's true. Um, I, I enjoy kind of uh, soused Marge. She's funny. I enjoy it. Uh, drunk wives are usually funny because they have to keep their tongues in check, and then when they get drunk, uh, the real uh, you know knowledge comes out, and I, that usually ends up being quite funny. I just wish they would write funny Marge a little bit without her being drunk, but that's true. Marge has a pretty good sense of humor for the most part, and they don't get to that much. No, they don't. Um, but that's the end of the show, basically, with Marge being attacked by monkeys and her hair being ripped out. The second time she loses her hair, actually, in this episode, strangely enough. Um, it, it grows back like always very quickly. They get, a, they, they exit through the gift shop like you do through two gift shops, actually. That's right. You exit the first gift shop and you're like, well, I don't know if I wanted that. But then you get to the second gift shop and you're like, whoa, I totally wanted that. It's, it wore, it wears you down. You know, you see it twice. You can't, you can't resist it twice. That's the power exactly. of the, the Hyderabad magic college endorsed magic kit that Bart, purchase, Bart gets, Homer buys for Bart, I guess. Um, so they're on their way home, and what happens to the car, man? I'm going to ask you, what happens to the car? You just you want to hurt me, don't you, to make me remember? I'm just going to ask you. I, I I forgot what happens. A sturgeon falls out of a Russian <laughs> space station onto the car. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even and it and damages the the hood, uh, dents the hood a little bit. Um. Yep. They could have picked so many things that this could have happened from. <laughs> it could be but, any reason they could the car could 
the car could just be could just like start falling apart it's that's the simpsons car it, it falls apart randomly yeah. all the time anyway no they had to use blue ice and had a funny gag they could have no. they could have done that too but they did not uh they just had a sturgeon and, and we, there is a cutaway to the space station with the door hanging open to the space station with two cosmonauts arguing and pushing each other i don't think they even do they even have helmets on no I, the I, they, they should have been sucked out but yeah <laughs> i know that they would be uh it's what i just it's lar uh, i don't like it but it's really it's not it's just emblematic of the scullers it's not really a problem like overall fundamentally with the episode we'll get to that one later but it's it's just so and then they go to the mechanic and it's another scene of homer getting fleeced by a mechanic Sixty five hundred, six hundred, sixty five hundred dollars plus another three fifty, I believe, is the price to fix yes. the car. It's is it? They're just isn't it just surface damage? It's just the the hood is smushed in. Unless a little it bit. hits something underneath it, because we don't see Homer. Well, actually, we do see Homer driving the car for the rest of the episode, right? Until he gets it back, theoretically. But I, I, he drives home when he takes Bart to grift or not grift but you know beg with his magic act so unless he's taking marge's car which I, doesn't look like it, his car's pink I, I i don't know i mean i presume that it was fixed and then they just owed the money maybe maybe yeah. even though mechanics don't work like that but i i don't know i don't know it again it's just a, it is a way to get the car out for them they need money again it is just like a plot device they need some money so bart is gonna busk with his magic act uh it's not very good, and they are using it mostly on Flanders, who will not pay for the black arts, apparently. Of course not. He can't support the black arts. No. Uh, Michael Jackson, or Michael Jackson impersonator, is there, along with, like, uh, what do you call that? Um, a doll. The moving dolls. Um, come on, Matt. Ventriloquist dummy? No, no, no. Um, a moving doll? Yeah, well, you control with wires. Oh, marionette. Marionette. That's her. Like, giant life-size marionettes of the Jackson 5. I'm not sure. Are we supposed to get that's actually Michael Jackson? I don't know. That's the funny thing about Michael Jackson impersonators. You can never really tell whether they're really him or not. I mean, like, the, I don't... I'm not putting it above The Simpsons for us to... to them to be, at this point, telling us, this is Michael Jackson, and he's busking for money with marionettes of his brothers. Or maybe it's a different of the Jacksons, and they're... That's more. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, but Bart is being Bart is not making much money. I think they make sixty cents on the first night or something, and so they're frustrated. They start yelling at each other and getting angry at each other. Homer leaves Bart behind to get home by himself. Which, which, wow, that's a that's a good parenting right there. I, you remember when there was a an episode that. It was a big deal that Homer forgot to pick up Bart just out of sheer out of forgetfulness. Yep, and that was like a big plot point that led to a big schism between them. And this literally, they yell at each other, insult each other, and then Homer leaves Bart behind. And then Bart looks pathetic, has his hat out, and so people start giving him money because he looks sad. And he, they, and I think even Mel overheard the argument and said his own father was a monster, which. Kind of want to yeah. hear. No one, no one like tries to offer him a ride home. Anyone he knows, no one calls the cops for him or anything. They just give him money. Give him money. Apparently, a That'll lot solve it all. I, I again, I, it's just this is just their way to get, I guess, to the plot. 
to, you know, the end of Act 1, the plot starts, basically. Which is, you know, Bart gets the money, he gets he gets uh he gets a, a ride home with a taxi. Then we cut to a scene where he is eating steak, and then Homer and Bart decide to grift. Is that a steak? Yeah, I know little place. Who gave you all this money? Hmm. People. I guess they thought it was a charity case. Really? Hey, maybe we could do that again. Can you look even more pathetic? Oh, that's beautiful. We could make a fortune. But wouldn't that make us con artists? Well, yeah, but God conned me out of 6500 bucks in car repairs. So, in a way, we'd just be balancing out the universe. There you go. We'd be stealing from people we know. It's just like the seasons. Sounds good. Want to eat my fat? I think you know the answer to that. So is, is all forgiven? Between the two of them, yes. When, when you can combine to create, get a whole bunch of money and it's a shoe-in, I think they don't care anymore. Okay. Just checking. So, I, I don't know. Yep. You, I don't... It's, it's, it... Well, that's how disagreements are settled, with the exchange of money, obviously. Between family members? There's yes. also a joke in there about how Homer would have made more money if he just went to work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't... Matt, I just, I just want to remind you so that you don't forget that this is a television show and this isn't real. Well, don't obviously. ever, don't even start thinking that for one second. This is <laughs> okay. Uh, don't you worry, I oh, definitely okay. did not. Okay, good. Uh, we got a commercial with Bart and Norma deciding to uh, con people. And when we come back, they have started uh, with uh, they, they look at a few grifts. They decide against the Albany ham scam, which is a fun little. Uh, illustration i really want to know what the albany ham scam is but uh, they decided to go with the old cake gambit which starts by them frosting a pillow for some reason because uh, you can reuse it man well i'm sure i i know exactly why i just it's so weird that it's just a pillow of all things uh marge of course walks in on this on them doing this and is weirded out enough that she's like you know what i'm just gonna back away going to ignore this they're spending time together that's all i really want out of life is for them to be happy so she bails Homer and Bart uh, go down to the waterfront, because apparently that's where all the best scams happen, and start by going talking to someone they obviously already know, Ken Brockman. I can't hear that, Matt. I know. I'm not sure why. It worked a second ago. It was... Okay, Dad. Ready for our first con? You... Let's try that again. What? It was working. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to work in a second. Hold on, I think it's doing a backup. Yeah, hold on, let me pause the backup. Sheesh. Okay, Dad, ready for our first con? You bet. Let's try one more time. Okay, Dad, ready for our first con? You bet. Let's trim the mark. Nice use of the lingo, Homer. Ten fork, you Hmm. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. Oh! Oh, excuse me. What happened? Where's my cake? It's all right, isn't it? Uh, what have you done, you clumsy little ox? That cake was for your deaf sister. Sir, it was my fault. No, no, don't protect him. You'll work off that cake in the acid mines. No, 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 I'll pay for the cake. Well, you're the mark. 
of integrity. <laughs> yes. The mark of integrity. Kent Brockman, a person they have interacted with so, so many times in the past, does not recognize them and gives them money, I guess. I I, I don't know. For To pay off the cake, Matt. The cake, yes. Uh, so Bart doesn't have to work it off in the acid mines. I, I mean, Matt. Again, it is not I, – I think that's where we're at now, where we both – I think we both think that this episode makes – mostly makes sense until Act 3, right? Yes. I mean, okay, this is not a terrible episode. This is a decent start mm, to a, a mm, plot. Mm. Okay, I, okay. It's Homer and Bart being common. They could have set it up better, but it's a decent core of a plot is what I'm trying to get at. I mean, I think where we're at, I, I think it's all a matter of context um, of how of what we are expecting from season 12 episodes at this point. And I am I I am happy if it manages just to go from A to B to C and it makes any kind of sense. Well, this episode so far is doing OK with that. I, I I agree. I'm Not just. Great. I mean, you pointed out. I I mean, I've already pointed out multiple things in the first act, and you just pointed out like, yes, they've they've interacted with Kent Brockman many many times. I you know I can picture Kent Brockman being forget forgetful enough that he doesn't remember. You know, he's a big shot. He doesn't remember Homer and Bart, who he's seen once or twice and three times. You know, Springfield this size. I mean, we think of Springfield as a small town, but sometimes they make they they try and. Make it bigger to make it those these things seem more likely. It's I can forgive this, you know, like them doing dumb like cons from the 30s, from the Depression era, because people still do this stuff and they mostly do work mostly with strangers. You know, they're not you usually you can't pull it on people that know you, but, you know, the extent like yeah they overlook being incredibly vicious to each other either earlier in the episode they pull these these scams that i don't know who would fall for but you know i i can i can suspend my disbelief for some of this stuff and at least and for a season 12 episode absolutely I can suspend my disbelief as long as it just keeps moving and hey look homer and bart are doing something together which marge even says in <laughs> in the next scene i think she says at least they're spending time together and i'm like exactly and that's true i like i'll take it um you know largely it goes okay they go to a magic show bart is, has a magic kit he tries to busk it fails so they resort to to fraud and we're seeing that and like that has a certain flow to it you know it makes a certain kind of sense it goes from da 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 as a rhythm so I'm going to try and not pick too hard on all the scullier things that still happen in those first two acts with cartoonishness and not even pretending people are real characters and, you know, viciousness towards each other and everyone for no reason. Stuff like that. I have to you have to overlook it. Bigger you fish, sure do. Bigger fish to fry. Exactly. Speaking of which, uh, Homer and Bart go home. Uh, satisfied with their scam, uh, and uh, they lie very poorly to Marge and Lisa. Uh, Lisa notes that Bart left his magic kit there, and then when Bart uh, makes some stupid thing, oh, that that's how it would seem, uh, they just kind of blow it off and say, yeah, whatever. And, of course, uh, like Robbie said, in, in Marge goes, well, it's good to see them spending time together, after which Lisa goes, is that a Long Island iced tea? And turns out it is. Marge is now drinking at home because it turns out she really loves Long Island Ice Teas for at least the duration of this episode. Uh, next, Bart and Homer move on to a missing dog scam uh, where Bart goes uh, to the waterfront and uh, scams Dr. Hibbert saying that, oh, he lost his dog. 
and uh, they make it look like it was eaten by a shark. And of course, Dr. Hibbert pays for the dog and Homer shows up with the exact same dog. So that's the scam. He pays Homer money for the dog that they already have. Anyway, that works out. Uh, at this point, Homer pays off the mechanic for all this, the, the repairs, plus a whole bunch of new like solid gold trim all over the car and all kinds of accessories and whatnot. And they respond by immediately scamming him with the bar mitzvah cake uh, thing again, uh, to which the guy just gives hands bar money and says, what the heck ever. So obviously their grifting is definitely working. They've got tons of money to throw around. However, when they move on to attempt to scam Flanders, uh, Flanders is uh, a little wise to them. Dad? Yes, son? Why are we still grifting? The car's paid for. Doesn't that balance out the universe? In a way, but I also remembered some other stuff, like my bike that was stolen in third grade. Plus the baldness. Okay, I'm sold. Hello, is the lady of the house in? Oh, no, Homer. Remember, Marty got called up to heaven. Oh, of course, of course. It's just that... What? Well, before she died, she ordered this Bible, especially for you. Why, there's my name in gold. Now, you weren't home, so we had to pay the delivery man. Well, I'll just reimburse you right... Wait a minute. This seems an awful lot like that movie, Paper Moon. Run, Dad! Okay. <laughs> we'll be safe in here. That was too close. Maybe it's time to quit the game. Amateurs! Huh? Dad? That's right. You don't smoke a pipe. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh. How'd you get wise to us? Are you kidding? They used to call me Grifty McGrift. I wrote the book on Flim Flammin'. Wow, he did. Yeah, in the Depression, you had to grift. Either that or work. So what's the pitch, old man? Team up with me, boys, and we'll go for the biggest honeypot of them all! And that honeypot is the old folks' home. Uh, I would also like to point out that, yes, it is the book they have been using for their scams the entire time has had Grandpa's picture on the back, and they had never somehow noticed that. Again, I'm I'm going to overlook that, Matt. I'm gonna over- <laughs> I, tr- I try and overlook all these little s- small details that they don't bother bringing up until they're perfectly acceptable that's fine ultimately i can forgive it it's, it's one of the least offensive things about this episode yeah it's fine it's fine yeah it's i fine. will i but okay so you hear you hear you hear them talk about them doing their their cons doing the fraud and how they're making all this money and they're paying off the car and at first homer and it feels like they're developing a story about karma right right and the 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 way you would finish out that story is somehow it comes back to bite them in the butt. Right. You would have the okay. So Homer is like, no, I I earned, I deserve this because God did this to me. And then when you pay back that money, he just goes, oh well, I also I'm bald, and this happened, and this happened, and blah 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 blah. And yeah, you would say, okay, eventually there's going to be recompense. There's going to be justice, and Homer and Bart are going to learn that right. What goes around comes around. Whatever, uh, you know, you can do a billion different things, but and and even and even Act Two, it it seems the end of it. Act Two seems like that's where it's going. Even with with uh, it does with the uh, what's his face um the I don't even Devon remember. Bradley De- Devon, <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, so uh, that is where it seems to be going because uh, 
Abe comes up with a overly complicated scheme involving the publisher's query dealie, uh, where Homer and Bart show up with a big check for Abe, uh, because no one in the retirement home knows what they look like, because obviously they never visit Grandpa. Uh, that feels legit, at least. Uh, and Abe basically says, oh, great, I won, and then proceeds to fake die. And so... The scam is that Homer and Bart say, well, for just a few dollars per person, we can sign over this check to you folks and you'll have $100,000. That is, of course, not at all how anything works. Uh, but, you know, these are old folks and uh, they are apparently easy marks. So they proceed to get a whole bunch of money and give it to the Simpsons. Uh, however, at that point, uh, one of the old people turns out to be an FBI agent, dun dun dun, who promptly arrests Bart and Homer and takes them uh, to jail. Yeah, so it, it it has gotten to the point where Homer and Bart are now stealing money from old people, hundred dollars a head, and you know Grandpa's like, oh, they just spend it, they just give it to televangelists or whatever you're, you know, which okay, I I can accept them doing a bad thing as long as they can justify it to themselves, and something happens because of it. There's we get an effect later on in the episode, and the third act is about them having to 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 pay pay to pay something to 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 be punished for their despicable behavior because they literally are stealing from the elderly i don't there's nothing they literally nothing unless they're like literally someone has like a desperate illness and they need to pay medical bills i'm not gonna feel sorry for homer and bart regardless of what happens to them no, because they're they're doing awful things. Like you said, it's fine as long as they can justify it to themselves. We will believe that. But they're still doing objectively bad things. So Which, they need to get their comeuppance. And that's I, I that's when I start. And this is where I start going. Maybe it's not just, hey, the third act, it falls apart completely. But it's also like, I still do want to root for them. You know, I still want to like Homer and Bart and see them as redeemable. And... Bart is a kid, so whatever. He's he's a ten year old kid. He doesn't. He has a, his own father is telling him here. This is fine. Bart's like sure, um, but Homer. It's just it's more of I. I want Homer to be better than this, and like it doesn't. It doesn't ever. It never gets there because when we come back from the third act, <laughs> Homer and Bart are in the in a car with what we think is an FBI agent. At least the episode presents it as this is a legitimate FBI agent. Uh, which is at Norton, Devin Bradley. I don't even know if he gives him his, his name at that point. He's, I think he's only named later, but he is FBI agent and he's taking them to the, to the, the, the police. And he, and immediately the second he goes, Oh yeah, you guys could just turn yourselves in every, like it's a dead giveaway. Okay. He's not a real FBI agent. That's pretty clear, but Homer and Bart go in to turn themselves in. They buy it, which is fine. I can buy Homer and Bart buying it. They go in, turn themselves in to, to Wiggum, except they say, hey, I just, Homer's just, I just want to show Bart, um, I what just a jail to, cell uh, looks like. Yeah, I just want to, I want to scare him straight. So, uh, Wiggum takes him to jail cell, jail cell. They wave to the, the, the FBI, quote unquote, FBI agent. And then the FBI agent steals the money that they stole from the old people and then steals the car. And runs off run disappears and you're and and we as the audience are supposed to just take that as face value and like oh they got conned they were con artists and they got conned by a different con artist and i'm like that's not a bad turn if it turned into anything meaningful but you're it just they go home without a car now the car's gone they, without their money and they have to explain this to marge 
Uh, and so they do that by lying. Lying a lot. That's not an FBI badge. Colgate Cavity Patrol? Oh. That guy was a grifter. Yeah, he kind of good. Well, at least we still have our jobs at the sweepstakes place. Ugh. What? Mom's going to wonder where the car went. We better have a good story. Yeah, lies got us into this mess, son. From now on, it's honesty all the way. You were carjacked? In the church parking lot? Absolutely. We had stopped in for a quick prayer when... Bart, would you call him a crazy man? Definitely. Well, crazy about carjacking. What did he look like? Um, let's see. He was foreign, and he had some... Wild, bushy hair, like an animal. Anything else? Oh, uh, well, he seemed like a loner, kept to himself mostly. And he said if we went to the cops, he'd come back for Maggie. <gasps> oh, dear, we don't want that. Anywho, the whole nightmares really made us sleepy. <sighs> Let's hit the hay. Homie, homie, wake up. They've captured your crazed foreign carjacker. Well, but that's impossible. They're arresting him right now. I did not do it, I tell you. Uh-oh. At least let me comb me hair. It's all wild and bushy. What do you care, loner? Well, look at that. But who called the police? We did. After we got Maggie to a safe house, of course. She hasn't touched her man, which... You cannot do this to Willie. I'm innocent, I tell you. They always say they're innocent. It's such a turn-off. Dad, Willie got arrested because of us. Of course he did, son. He's a filthy crook. Now let's all hit the hay. It's ten in the morning. I guess you haven't heard of chloroform. Oh, <gasps> so... Chloroform jokes, really? Really? Homer chloroforms himself, which is, I... You know what, man? I'll take that over him chloroforming March. That's true. That's definitely true. Now that, hey, you gotta look at the bright side sometimes. So, we find out that an innocent man, Willie, has been arrested, is going to jail, going uh, for carjacking, and Homer and Bart now are in a moral conundrum, because they thought, eh, okay, they've stole the money, they were con artists, but then they got the car back, stolen back from them, and I think there is kind of a measure of justice there, because they lost you know, the car, the thing that they originally were trying to get the money to pay, you know, pay for the repairs. And then to do that, they have, but then they have to lie to cover that up. And now their lie is costing someone else freedom. So they have a conundrum. Like, what do we do? We do real, do we reveal that our, that we all, you know, if they reveal that the car was stolen, they have to reveal why and who and why they lied and, you know, un unveil this web of lies. <laughs> and okay. It, it reminds me of, um, the 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 boy who knew too little boy who knew too what's the name of the episode the salt kind of yeah yeah uh, the boy who knew too little yeah bart sees the, the the waiter you know was innocent and he's at a court and they're in a courtroom trial and he has to you know reveal the truth or not and so we go to the trial with really on trial for carjacking with i don't know what evidence they have aside from he vaguely matches the description. Yeah, I would hope in most places that uh, that requires a little more evidence than that. But sure, people seem to think eyewitness testimony is good. It's not. It's one of the weakest forms of evidence. I, I, again, I would, unless they found the car, they wouldn't arrest anyone. 
uh, most no. likely, even if they found fingerprints. Well, he lives. He, Willie could coincidentally have touched the car at many times. So whatever. True. Um. Again, this it, this whole trial is insane. This whole ending is insane because it, it starts yep. here. It starts right here because we go to the trial and Willie's on on the on the witness stand and he's getting grilled and it's not looking good for him and Homer and Bart have to decide what to do and this clip is kind of long but it's basically the entire ending and it's insanity. Mr. Foreman, has the jury reached a verdict? <clears throat> I believe we was promised five dollars a day. All right then, guilty. <laughs> Carjacker Willie, I sentence you to ten years in prison. <gasps> Dad, tell them. When the time is right. Ten years, but I did not do it. Sure you did not. Now let's get you to Attica. And we no! Can... <gasps> You'll never send me up the river. Dad. Let's see where he's going with this. Nobody carjacked me. I tried to pull a con and got conned myself. And then I lied to you all. <laughs> so did Bart. <laughs> okay, players, that's a wrap. <laughs> nice work, everybody. Wait a minute. This whole thing was a setup? But Skinner got shot. Huh? Yep, blanks in a blood pack. Hey, watch it. I look like cable TV. What about that bullet hole in your hair? Squibs? <laughs> yeah, we hornswoggled you good. But what about the guy who took my car? Devon Bradley, character actor, dancer, singer. I'm a triple threat. He's doing dream code at the dinner theater. I can't believe everyone was in on it. Well, it wasn't. Wait a minute. You're telling me the police force, the TV news, a courthouse full of people, and a popular entertainer had nothing better to do than to teach me and Bart a lesson? I know it seems far-fetched, even insulting to your intelligence, but there's a simple and highly satisfying explanation. You see... Hey, everybody! Surf's up! So Matt, after yep. after uh, surfs up after Otto, after Otto comes in and says surfs up, what happens? The ending consists of everybody involved with the episode surfing. <laughs> uh, you have to laugh, man, or otherwise you'll cry. You have to laugh. <laughs> otherwise, it seems sad or seems mean. It this episode had the potential to be competent. I guess that's my as far as I'll go. In that it ha it would have an ending. Yep. But it has no ending. This third act is a sham. It is a farce. It is pathetic. It's sad. It's, it's, I would be ashamed to make this. And it's, and it's, and that's where I'm at. Like, if they do this once, I go, okay, it's one time. They, like, you know, one time, like, when it's like when it, when we watched Das Bus and they pulled that gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, they're trying something. They're trying to make fun of the fact that, you know, sitcoms always have endings that reset the status quo. And yeah, it's the nature as the show goes on and we go to kind of crazier and crazier plots. 
it's going to be harder and harder to do that. And so let's make a joke about it. You can't do it 10 times a season. Well, apparently you can. It's terrible. It is. Yeah. It's it's incredibly frustrating to watch because now they've added another lay on to that. It's not even where, oh, we're just going to have a fake ending and then laugh and say, ah, they all go surfing. Instead of like instead of just doing that, which is still lazy, but you know, it they have Lisa literally say, you know, it, it may seem that it's offensive to you, that it's insulting to your intelligence, but we have a perfect, because it is because it is, and then what's we have a perfectly good explanation, and then they all go surfing. To what end is this? Why is this in the episode? It, like, I understand why it's in the episode is because they couldn't come up with an ending. And so they just went, put, farted, and they farted onto a page, and that was the ending. But if I'm supposed to take this seriously and treat this like, you know, an episode of television, the trial is supposed to, there's supposed, there should be a reason for the trial. There should be a reason all the people in town are willing to go along with this. Right? Supposedly. Supposedly. And what Lisa says is, yeah, they, there's a reason for all of it. And then they never give us the reason because there isn't one. And the only end, like, to give them the benefit of the doubt, the show is mocking the same thing that Dust Bus was doing. It is mocking the way that every single episode ends up with a nice little bow and everything is nice and perfect and there's always a moral, et cetera, et cetera. Unfortunately, why, what, what, what happens in this episode? Why? Why is anything they they undo all the work they put together in, se- in the first two acts? There's why do I care about this? Uh, the answer is you don't because you shouldn't. And they don't. It seems like there are a couple of writers in this season who understand how a good Simpsons episode is put together. And they are trying to shove good ideas in as hard as they can. And they're fighting against the other half of the room and Mike Scully, who just wants to make who wants to make things wacky because they think that the humor is all that's there. They, they they probably hated James L. Brooks. They hated the schmaltziness, the things that made us feel for the characters. They were just like, this is a funny show, and occasionally the characters like each other. That's what makes it great. And they're wrong, but I don't know what you can do about it. Well, I, it says this in the Wikipedia, and I, you know, it's, I believe it's from the commentary track. They couldn't come up with an ending after Skinner had been shot. So that means they had the episode written up until that point where Willie goes crazy, says, I'm not going to jail, and shoots Skinner. And Skinner has a big bullet wound and explodes in blood. And so the last thing they come up with is, okay, the trial is all fake. And then they say George Meyer pitched, let's just have them all surf at the end. It's a wacky thing to end the episode on. And what you should do... When you get to the point where, oh, we don't have an ending, we can't come up with something that makes sense, you rewrite the episode. You start over. You But Robbie, it was already 4.45 on a Friday at that point. Quit. Go find another job. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm going to – I don't know. I I understand you, you work hours and, and work-life balance are very important, but I I, I – I hope to think that when I create art, I have personal pride involved. I want something to when I make anything, either it be a podcast, when I write something, when I when I 
when I when I make a greeting card for my wife for Valentine's Day, for God's sake, I have a minimum expectation of the quality I expect of myself. And I don't care how long it takes. I want it to be good. I want it to be meaningful. And Mike Scully is on on the record and said, all I've tried to do being a showrunner is not screw things up. Well, Mike Scully, you're remembered as the person that screwed up The Simpsons forever. These are the worst years of The Simpsons. Everyone acknowledges it. Everyone thinks it. And this is why. These episodes like this are why. They are lazy. They are sad. I feel sad watching into this because it just, it's at the point where I just go, another one. Another one. where there, It's not just once or twice or three times or four times or five times. It is just dozens of at this like probably a dozen episodes at this point we still have another season and a half where they don't have an ending they have no there's nothing connecting them together there's a couple laughs here and there but is that all we're aiming for i don't know it's it's terrible i and you're and like this episode isn't bad until you get to act three really they could easily use a race act three do something different it could be fine it wouldn't be great because I there's still a lot of problems, I think, in the first two acts, but it'd be competent. It would tell a story. It's nonsense. You might as well just I, go back to the South Park's joke about Family Guy and the, the manatees. Like, it's it's just random nonsense happening all in once. And you're like, oh, we connect this and this is, but it's not real. Oh, so Willie just is as willing to kill people? Is that what you're telling me? That... But I know, I know, if I asked them point blank, they were like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a joke. Okay, I got it. I understand. You don't care about anything happening on the thing you made, which is what it feels like. That's what it feels I don't know if the people who made the show, if they felt they feel differently than that, or they thought it was just a job at the end of the day, or maybe some of these people have probably worked on The Simpsons for, dec- for nearly a decade, and they're tired of working, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks to get the episodes to be perfect. I don't know what it is. All I know is this episode's bad. Yeah, I have to wonder that there were a lot of shows that came before The Simpsons. There were a lot of shows that came after. And they managed to have good episodes. And I'm sure, mostly sure, that they didn't work, you know, 100 hours on every episode. Maybe they worked 40 hours. But they were willing to kill their darlings, essentially. They were willing to say, okay, this is not good enough for us. We'll put it aside. We'll come back to it someday. or We'll substitute something else in because this is not working right now. And it seems like the Simpsons writers were not willing to do that at this point. And that's where our real problem comes in. I don't know. It's it's at a certain point. If I if I make something and I go, I know I know what how I can at least I have a, like a very baseline of like what is good and what is bad. And I would imagine that these people who have worked in television for over for some of them for two decades at this point, some of them three decades at this point, would be able to say this is bad and we shouldn't make it and we should try again. And if you can't do that, then stop. Stop making the show. And uh, we all we all know that they have not. They continue to this very day and into the future. So I don't I don't know. I don't I don't. (laughs) Like this episode, it's very bad. It is lazy. And it's one of the things that bothers me the most. It's just laziness. It's just incredible. Like, hey, this is bad. But instead of fixing it, we're just going to have it end. And who cares if it eventually sabotages what people think of is their favorite show? Who cares? Who cares? Any final thoughts, Matt? Don't watch this. (laughs) Going back through. Feel free to just skip it.
yeah, it's if you haven't rewatched it yet, don't. It's not worth it. Makes you angry. Um, angry's up to blood, as they say. Um, is this episode broken, Matt? Ah, okay. Hey, Matt, Matt, no here. more than most. Matt, let me, let me, let me answer this question for you. Yes, it is. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. I am confident enough in this answer that I will just. We don't need a Thank waffle. You. Well, see, I wasn't waffling so much. I was saying this is as broken as most of season twelve. So if we're going to say that most of season twelve was broken and trying to come I, up, I with... mean, we we're at, this is <laughs> this is only the seventh episode of season twelve, uh, and it's not. I think this is either the second or third one that we've deemed broken. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, you're you're not wrong, Matt. Um, All right. I mean, it's it's a quick fix for this episode. Rewrite the third act. Even if you want to keep it, like, I'm not going to start dissecting all the scullyisms and the goofiness and the not true. Kurt I'm like, they're cartoon characters, like, they're all Looney Tunes, et cetera, et cetera. But rewrite the third act. Make it make sense. Make Homer and Bart have to go get their car from the, the, their con, the car artist. Make it like the end of the Carney episode where That's they have. true. Ha- or, they- or, uh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it doesn't. If you want to avoid the whole like, again, the scullier is also quite light on. We have people learn a lesson or whatever, but you could still just have. If you just want to be silly, just have it like a con off with the with a con artist dude with Ed Norton's character. Just and and not have this ridiculous. Tr- tr- why is the trial there? The the trial is only would only work. Why is the trial in this episode? Theoretically, the trial is there to make Homer and Bart feel guilt about all the lies and all the things they've done and make them admit it, right? And that's one way, yeah. I mean, I think that's as intended in this in the, the current form of this episode. It is there. So, hey, we can put on put it like while Willie is technically the one on trial, it is also basically revealing the guilt of Bart and Hom- and Homer to us. You know, it is it is revealing all of this stuff. It is revealing character, which is not a, that's good. That's a good thing. But when you make the trial fake so that everyone in town is in on the gag, that means that everyone in town knows that Homer and Bart are con artists and are willing to forgive them at the end of this. And are but and what so like it's just it's just a it's a chain of causality of logic problems. And ultimately, the only way to explain it away is to say, oh, they're cartoon characters. Don't think about it. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. This is, that's not, I, this I don't. This is not a Saturday morning kids show. I, this is a primetime television show. We're going to think about it at least a little bit. Yeah, you have to make, you know, this, I mean, and to be fair, most episodes of Saturday morning television, children's show make sense. They have, like, logically, the, you can go, you follow the plot. Like, I watched Spongebob. It make the logic follows. It's a weird logic because it's SpongeBob. It still has a logic. This is just lazy writing. So why have the trial at all? Why have any of it in the end? If that's the thing I don't understand when they got to the problem where, oh, we don't know how to end it after Skinner gets shot. Well, why is this trial? That, if you don't have an answer for that, that means you that there's no reason to the, for the trial to exist in the first place. That means you erase it and put something else there. I would just have I would keep it silly, not try and have anything meaningful because I don't think Scullyers can do that. I would just have it be a silly, uh, fun con job, con con contest, a contest <laughs> <laughs> between <laughs> them. See, 
And the the car thief, the carjacker guy. That's what I've always seen. The third act would basically be them going back and forth a couple times with the con artists before they have to confess to Marge and Lisa what happened and you know get their help with their, the final con to win. Like that, that they they kind of learn a lesson, but it's still mostly funny. That's that would be a good way to end this. I feel like. And you bring in the whole family, and they're doing something together, and you don't feel bad about them being criminals because it's the family doing stuff together against another criminal. You know? Exactly. So who cares? There's no victim, and that I. But <sighs> Oof, this episode's really bad. Um, I don't know. That's I think, but we can't travel back in time to the year 2000, unfortunately. So that's so it's stuck the way it is. But I, you know, I don't, you don't need to make it, I, I don't, just, I, I really like to have some insight of like, why, is it really just, I, we ran out of time? I think sometimes it probably is. Yeah. Um, we can move on. We'll rank this episode at the end of the show. I never, haven't said that yet. We will rank it at the end of the show. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments to the news group is where I comb through the old alt.tv news group, see what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. Uh, what they thought of the episode, if there's any notes about uh, the stuff that was inside, people talking about the things of the day, as you might say. Some reviews, Matt, you ready? I got a, a good and, a, and some neutrals. Okay. Um, really? No, no, no bads? No bads. Huh. I mean, you can decide how the neutrals, the neutrals really are when they describe the season, but we'll see. Um, first, this was a good episode. The plot was pretty good until the, er, craptacular ending, but the surfing bit made up for it. In particular, these parts were particularly hilarious. The Albany ham scam, LOL. Call me mint jelly because I'm on the lamb. That was funny in and of itself, and then Grandpa riding away in the wheelchair was uproariously good. The chloroform Mountain Dew bit. Oh, I forgot. Homer tried to chloroform himself, but it was Mountain Dew. Those are interesting hot spots you uh, picked I, out there. I know. He's, this is what this is. I'm just reading, man. I'm just a messenger. Skinner standing oh, no. straight and proper on the surfboard. LOL. Because of its good gags as well as a decent plot, this rates an A minus. A minus, man. Well, yeah. That's a grade you could give something. <laughs> All right. So let's get some, some neutral reviews, some mediocre reviews. Bah. What happened to this season? It started out so good, then turned around 180 degrees and took a nosedive into the oh-so-shallow pull of mediocrity. This episode, like last week's, wasn't bad, really, but it certainly wasn't good, either. Most of the jokes didn't work for me. I spent almost all the first two acts completely stone-faced, never even cracking a smile. Third act had a couple of chuckles, which were invalidated by the horrible, horrible ending. The fact that they acknowledge the fact that it was horrible ending doesn't make it any better, either. Just means that they were too lazy, stupid to change it. Does that sound like a C? No, that that sounds like a D minus. It sounds like everything we said, and we don't like this episode at all. Yeah. Um, and finally, a bewildering episode of me as I recorded as being one big meta joke about yeah, about what about lame sitcom plot revolving around the out of the blue need for quick money schemes ending with a bit far fetched moral hammer, or about high fan expectations. I go for the latter. Still, it all fell a bit flat and was not very memorable as a whole. Not very funny. Not awfully horrible. A neutral C. I think it's supposed to be mere sp- space station as well. Yeah. Um, other things mentioned in this episode that uh, I uh, the the Homer at one point mentions that with some of the money they're going to buy a talking fish, which Matt, I guarantee you, there's people who don't know what a billy bass is. 
I, it's so weird to think of that. I mean, I, I, they have to be youngins who, who you know, I mean, were if, barely born then. If you were born in 2002, Matt, how what what's a Billy like? You were a child, you were a baby when they were around, and and like the only reason you would see them if you when you were at, like when you became cognizant of reality is if your parents managed to keep one around for like five, seven, ten years. Which I'm sure someone did, but I'm sure there's lots of people who don't know about the craze for Billy Bass, which was a fish you put on your wall and it sang. It was so special. It was a Tickle Me Elmo of that year. It was really weird that that was a thing that became popular. It's, you know, just it's like a pet rock. It's like Beanie Babies. It's just a craze that passed through us and it's gone. Um, The commercial for this week's episode is... Um, the announcer saying the secrets of magic and mind reading are revealed. Um, the mentalist, and then cuts to the mentalist bit with Homer with predicting Homer wanted beer and his Homer's beer belly flopping over the table. And then it tells us that Ed Norton guest stars. It's a good commercial, totally. Um, let's see. There's a little analysis about if the fish would have made it to Earth. I hope it's obvious that it would not. But they cut it some slack because it's obviously so impossible that it's not meant to be listed as a as a gag like as a goof as a mistake it is intended it is written as intended otherwise this is not them thinking that a fish actually would fall to earth and survive the the trip not and either not burn up or fall into many many pieces which is probably what would happen yeah it would start to degrade and fall into little bits Little bit, it would be completely vaporized halfway down, and then I there any parts that remained would be too small to like Bart's comet, where no bigger right. than a chihuahua's head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but nothing else. That's that's about it. I didn't want to necessarily look too hard for this episode because I don't like it. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL's gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what episode or scene made no sense until you saw the thing it was referencing, the source material? Uh, a lot of good answers. Appreciate everyone who took the time. First from Joe. Itchy and Scratchy Land made a lot more sense after seeing the original Westworld. Uh, James, the scene in Duffless where Bart reaches for the cupcake seemed like a drawn-out scene for the first time I saw it. Years later, when I saw A Clockwork Orange for the first time, I literally started laughing as I finally got the reference. Uh, Chris, the Twin Peaks dream sequence in Who Shot Mr. Burns? Absolutely. Unfortunately, I have to watch Twin Peaks to get that. And that's not worth your time. Don't. Uh, Your mileage may vary, is what I'll say, Matt. (laughs) Uh... Tom, as someone who isn't a fan of most of horror, most stress horror references usually pass me by, especially when I was younger. That always makes me smile when years later I found out what a particular episode was referencing. Uh, Lauren, it didn't make zero sense, but Hit Scratchingland was a lot funnier after realizing it was referencing Jurassic Park. Um, Jesse, a star is Burns. I had no idea who Jay Sherman was. Which, wow. That, yeah, I, remember, I never thought about it. But what if you didn't watch The Critic? And you're just like, this guy is just showing up. And you're, I, that, that makes it a little bit more clear about why Matt Grading's always objected to that episode. Yeah. Um, Darren, Bart of Darkness and all the rear window references. I still enjoyed the episode back then, but I liked it way more as soon as I watched Rear Window. And the plot twist in Rear Window was more surprising. So I half expected and more like the Simpsons episode. 
Uh, Jeff, the entirety of Cape Fear. My God, it's almost beat for beat of the movie. It is. Uh, it, really, th- it really is. Thomas, I became more appreciative of Marge vs. Monorail after seeing The Music Man. We need we need to put that one on the list, Matt. Oh, we do. I'm going to add that right now because I, w- I really want to see that. I've never seen it. Yeah, Music Man. Um, Jenny, the itchy and scratchy episode that's directed by Quentin Tarantino made a lot more sense after seeing Pulp Fiction and actually realizing who Tarantino is. Yeah, that you're just like, why is there this weird director and this and itchy and scratchy? Uh, John, the Doctor Strange love reference in Homer the Vigilante. As a 12 year old, I just didn't understand why Homer would imagine himself falling <laughs> out of a plane on a bomb. Yeah, and then that doesn't make any sense without it. Uh, Simpsons Index at Simpsons Index. Homer is where the art isn't, which probably features some random 70s detective guy, Banachek, but they call him Manachek. Truth be told, I still haven't seen Banachek, so this weird episode still makes no sense. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> a very recent episode, and yep, haven't watched that show. It makes no makes very little makes a lot less sense. Uh, finally, Derek at is me Derek. Uh, I rarely venture in episodes beyond season twenty as life is torturous enough. <laughs> but I remember in during an episode that was a Homeland parody, I sat bemused. It was incomprehensible. Real Simpsons parody was always enjoyable, regardless of familiarity with the source material. And no problem with your name, Derek. He wanted to apologize for us for me butchering his name multiple times. No, no problem. People have names. Matt, what's your answer? I'm going to go with the Trials of Horror ones as well. Uh, I can't pin down a specific one because, honestly, up until probably five years ago, I had never watched almost any famous horror movies. Uh, now my wife has a, a couple of friends who enjoy them, so I've you know sat in a few movie, movie nights. Uh, and a lot of them are just like, yep, this is from a famous movie. I'm sure of it, but I have no idea. Uh, but once I've seen them, it does make them a lot more enjoyable uh, because you get the reference and you can see the little ways that The Simpsons have tweaked it rather than just going as a straight remake. And th- those are always the funniest parts of it. Yeah, um, I think Rear Window is my answer as well. Um, I, I, Barton Arctos operates just fine without you seeing Rear Window, but – it's the small details that really make it a lot of time make the make how well the Simpsons do parodies and satires and stuff make really brings it out is when you notice when you watch when you actually watch the source material and then you watch their the Simpsons version of it and you can clearly see like oh it's not just oh they took the general plot it's like they took camera angles they took the these these the specific shots and move them over and recontextualize them and, and, and made them. And while being the same, they make them different because it's in this different kind of context. And rear window is a masterpiece. It's a spectacular movie. If you haven't seen it, I mean, all Hitchcock movies are kind of border, just baseline good to great because he's a master filmmaker, but rear window is amazing. So you should see it. And it makes Bart darkness even that much better. Um, it really does like that movie has is way better than it has any right to be yeah it's as old and, it, as it is. and it's all it's mostly just because of craft i think to me it's it's all about like how tight the writing is how tight the scene is how tight the directing is how good the acting is like you know people make fun of uh can't remember his name now matt uh <laughs> rear window it's a wonderful life vertigo jimmy stewart jimmy stewart god i can't i can't remember jimmy stewart um mr smith goes to washington um Jimmy Stewart does a terrific job as well. Um, our next question, our next week's question is, what is your favorite flashback sequence? Whenever I'm sure we've asked this before, but it's been a while, so we're going to ask it again. Uh, I'll post this question. 
on all of our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpson Show Pod, on Twitter at Simpson Show Pod, and you can email us at Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge. What's, what's, what's funny, man? I don't know. That that still gets me every time. Okay, good. It's just the clip. It's always good. Uh, no Google trivia challenge where Matt and I challenge each other with three trivia questions: one easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. I'm behind Matt on this season. It's not acceptable. It's not. I not acceptable, Matt. I need to do better. It's my fault. I have only myself to blame. Uh huh. It's true. I don't blame you. I mean, I get angry at you. I don't blame you. Fair enough. The Great Money Caper is the name of this episode. Matt, what is my easy question? All right, sir. Your easy question for today. Who does Lisa buy test answers from in Lisa Gets an A? That'd be Nelson. You are correct, sir. Miss Hoover, when in the willows. <laughs> you even got the uh, extra credit that got cut off by the copy machine. A++++, right? Is that what she gets? Yep. The extra one is uh, Drambui. Right. Uh, your easy question, Matt. Are you ready? Ready. These are from all Lady Bouvier's lover. Ooh, okay. What two men fight over Jackie Bouvier's affection? Uh, I believe that would be uh, Mr. Burns and Abe Simpson. That is correct. You're correct. Yeah, I got one. Yeah. We, we got each other's easy questions, uh, I would hope so. I, well, sometimes we haven't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, your medium question for this week. Mm-hmm. Who gives Springfield Elementary the giant check for their basic assistance grant? Do you want a name? I do. A name and a position. Uh, com- he's Comptroller something. <laughs> Comptroller Stevens. I'm sorry. It is State Comptroller Atkins. Atkins! Ah, okay. So, Matt, your medium question. In Lady Bouvier's Lover... What does Bart buy? How much does it cost? And how does he get that money back? Okay. He buys an itchy and scratchy animation cell for $350. Uses Homer's credit card. (laughs) Do you take Visa? Uh, Oh, yes, Visa. It must be these new dentures. Uh, And he gets it back by squirting Mr. Burns with ketchup and mustard before one of his dates. You're correct. I was so not sure about the 350 bucks. Oh my gosh. I was like, it seems right around there. Ah, the good old episodes. Uh huh. What's my hard question, man? All right, your hard question. And even I didn't know this one. I had to go look it up on Frinky Act. Oh, God. Oh, no. Uh What is the name of the store where Homer buys Pinchy? (laughs) The name of the store? I thought he bought them from like a seafood restaurant. No, no. Uh, remember, it's after church. They go to the super premium health rich people uh, grocery store. And that, that's how Lisa gets sick is Homer pushes her around in the ice cream freezer. Oh, OK. I get it. Um, you're, again, expecting me to remember. Um, I'm assuming it's some pun, um, but also about rich, gross, like a Whole Foods type place. Um green green acres you're actually kind of close it's Edie gourmets that's not close matt but i appreciate your your kindness your hard question matt and there's even a bonus point for this oh my goodness where does marge's mother live 
And a bonus point is if you can read, if you can uh, name it, and then also describe or 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 I guess repeat what the description of it is on the sign. <laughs> I have no. I'm not going to waste your time. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't remember ever actually looking at the name of it. It is the Hal Roach Apartments. Sounds great. I'd love to live there. <laughs> and yep. the sign says "Retirement Living in the Heart of the Cemetery District." I okay. I do remember that part. The name is completely new to me. I didn't. I get. I also had to look at Freaky Act for that, Matt. Unfortunately, Matt, you give me another. That's another two points for you. And I don't. I don't like Ooh. any of this. That's an, that's now you get two more points on me. This is not allowable. This is getting now you're five points ahead. Don't worry, it's only five points, and we're barely into the season. It never. This is this is a, I've seen this road before, Matt. I've walked this lonely road. It's very familiar. Um, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show, Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever, and how good they are. So, Matt, let's go all the way, let's get this down here, let's go down the bottom of the list, uh, let's see, down here, alright, because this is where it's gonna be, in the bottom, in this, the the quagmire of seasons 10, 11, and 12. <laughs> yes, let's scroll far, far, far down. Um, okay. Is it better or worse than Pygmalion? I'm going to say worse because I'm not quite sure how Pygmalion ended up this far down. Maybe it's because it makes no sense it's, at all. It's not good, man. That's why. It's a bad episode <laughs> where Homer and Moe both act like sociopaths and it just ends for the sake of ending. And they just have Moe's face go back to normal without bother explaining at all. So the ending is a lot like this one and like Das Bus. So I think uh, this is worse than that. Okay, it's worse. Okay. Um, I'm not going to argue with you. I think I agree. I think Pygmalion largely is more tonally consistent. Um, a Tale of Two Springfields. This is the one I'm not sure about. Now, right beneath that one is uh, – I just looked at it. Uh, Make Room for Lisa. And I think this is better than Make Room for Lisa because at the very least you have Homer and Bart being decent to each other for most of the episode. <laughs> That's really the only thing I'm looking at here. A yes. Tale of Two Springfields. It's it's very close. I really could not decide whether it's better or worse than Tale of Two Springfields. I think it's a little worse, but not much worse. It's lazier, so I'm saying it's worse. Tale of yeah, Two okay. Springfields is it's not good. It's also lazy and kind of just falls apart. Makes no sense. I agree with you that it is better than Make Room for Lisa, simply because, again, it is not just brutally mean to a eight-year-old girl. Which is what Make Room for Lisa does. Yeah. Um, and like when you get – that's really – when you get – I don't know. Make Room for Lisa – if you get in that category, that means your episode is truly miserable. Um, I think this is just – it's not on – it's not truly miserable, but it is very bad. Yeah. So right below uh, A Tale of Two Springfields, you think? Is that where we're – is that where we're putting Emma? You think that's – I think so, yeah. Okay. Right, ab- right below Tales of Springfields, right below, right below Tales of Springfields, right above Make Room for Lisa. Number 231 on our list is the Great Money Caper. It is now number 40 of the post in the post golden years rank from season 10 and onward. So not even doing good in that. So that's great. 
Um, yep. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on the list is still Kill the Alligator and Run. The Great Money Caper. Um, our next episode, Matt, is Skinner's Sense of Snow. Oh, man. I have such terrible memories of this. I, I usually almost always skip it. I actually don't. I, I I see that sentiment a lot. There's like a lot of people who are like, I really don't like Skinner's Sense of Snow. I remember liking it, which probably means my memory's wrong. And this is bad. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I I remember I remember Nibbles. I, that's the only part of the episode I remember fondly. I remember Nibbles, and that's that's basically it. I remember the kids and they're trapped and there's nibbles and a blizzard. It's a, it's the it's the winter episode. It's the Christmas it's the Christmas adjacent holiday adjacent yeah. episode. Um, so we'll we'll get to that next week. You can watch along with us if you're feeling particularly masochistic. Um, you can find this list on our website. Uh, it's thesimpsonshow.com, along with the links to everything: our Facebook, our Twitter, our RSS feed. A link to our Patreon if you want to throw us a couple dollars, help out the show, help for pay for hosting, get access to a bunch of bonus material, including a bunch of podcasts where we talk about all the things that The Simpsons reference and, uh, and compare and contrast, including Rear Window and Cape Fear and many others at this point. Um, you can do that. We, we thank everyone who supports us. Um, that'll do it for us today. Before we go, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Please check out my other podcast, The Hansel Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books and the serial finesse. It's about lots of co- uh, lots of nerdy things. The most recent episode is our, our my continued rewatch of Frasier. Matt, I have some bad news about Frasier. There are some not good episodes of Frasier. There are. Uh, I was actually recently rewatching Frasier myself. I think we got for the, through the first two seasons, and I would say about a quarter of the episodes are really good, and the rest, well... I would say a quarter yeah. are really good... A lot of them are okay to good, and then there's a handful that are confounding, yep. which is what <laughs> they're just horribly bad. I that's what I just we just hit a batch where multiples are like, what are what is this? This is insane that this was in a this is on television in the nineties. But well, you can listen if you'd like. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. Let's just start level of Patreon back here. You want to find him? Uh, that is true. Uh, after a recent episode of Lisa the Tree Hugger, I've decided that I will also live in a tree uh, that people are trying to cut down. Or I assume they would. No one's come by yet, but, you know, I'm sure somebody will eventually. I mean, it's in my backyard, but, you know. So if you need me, uh, my bucket usually hangs down at the bottom of the tree. Just toss a message in there and I'll bring it right up. You're, that tree's not that big, man. I don't think it would really. You can really but I'm ha- sure somebody will cut it down and the, the environment needs to be defended. Dang it. You own the tree, though. It's your tree, isn't it? Well, no, this is the one that's just across the fence. I mean, that's public property. They're not going to... It's right next to Interstate. Why would they log that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, again, Matt, I have to call you out on these things. It's part of my promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Or don't. Shh.